drink beer, think beer. You're listening to Broodlands. Episode 118 of Brewbloods. We are back from vacation and work and vacation and gambling and vacation. Or kind of a mix of all the above. Work vacation. Workation. Yeah. Workation. Yeah. yeah. So like the opposite of a staycation, it's a workation because you go somewhere else just to work. <laughs> exactly. But you're not in your house, so it's kind of a vacation. But you're staying there, too. So, so it's a stay thereication. That's right. It's a stay thereication. It's a, it's a motelcation. Right. I stayed in, uh, I was in Temecula and Newport Beach, California, and I worked the entire time I was there, half days the entire time. You went to Vegas. Went to a conference the entire time, yeah. so it was uh, actually four of the five days I was there, I was at a conference, so yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's not quite like work, but it's similar. Yeah, but you have to put in employment time, so it kind of sucks. <laughs> exactly. You can't be the free will and whale that you usually are. For once, we actually didn't go to the same place at the same time. Yeah. It's amazing. It we do separate amazing. on occasion. Yeah, maybe next year we can go, <laughs> maybe we can go to New Orleans again. <laughs> exactly. Have some time. Some special, special time. We'll have, we'll have some time, yes. So this episode today is, I went to Newport Beach, California, and out in that area, in the Orange County area, there's a brewery called Gunwale Ales. And these guys specialize in, they do a lot of beer, a lot of different, they have a very diverse portfolio, but they tend to specialize in a lot of IPAs and uh, Saisons and some Wild Ales. And That's cool. Kind of like we talked about before, it's nice to specialize in a couple styles and yeah. not try to be everything to everyone. Yeah. And they, they say they specialize in coastal oils, which uh, JT and Bobby will get into in that interview. I asked mm-hmm. them what exactly coastal oil is. No, you're, on, you're on first name basis with these guys now. I am. I am. I did not refer to <laughs> you guys are brothers the last name. We are brothers. Yeah. We cut our uh, <laughs> palms open and swap spit. Exactly. And you didn't really have to cut the palms open to do that. But. No. No, we just did that. As we I mashed my uh, bloody palm into their into their mouths. <laughs> oh, okay, that was an integral part of the interview. So, so they put spit on your blood. Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we just had a big old makeout session to certify the bond. That sounds hot. And then there were other things that happened that we won't talk about. <laughs> this is family safe. Pod waves here. We exactly, can't talk about yeah. that, but uh, we won't even imply it. We won't. No, well, any we'll, more than we already. We won't have. imply how violent and sexual it was. <laughs> right. Won't even bother to imply that. But no. Uh, JT and Bobby, they are two of the three owners at Gunwell Ales and out in Orange County. I highly recommend it. They're actually in a nice little sweet spot where it's they're having they were the second brewery in that area, in this little neighborhood they're in, and there are two more breweries coming online in the next couple months. Hmm. And uh we get the I asked them a little bit about that, about, you know, being so close to competition, how how that is. Sure. And uh, so they could have a really nice little brewing neighborhood there in Orange County, like four breweries right there. Maybe maybe there's another one coming along. They got a couple of restaurants in the area. It's kind of cool because they're all in walking distance. So oh, that's nice. Uh, that was yeah, really nice. And um, after we went there, we went across the street to this other brewery. And then uh, this is my future brother-in-law. And then we took an Uber to Bottle Logic, which was awesome. But they were slammed, man. They were absolutely slammed. So then we went to uh, Green Cheek Beer Company, which is a fairly new brewery in the Orange County area. It's an interesting uh, sounding name. Yeah, it's apparently they're right next to the in Anaheim. They're in Anaheim, right next to the uh, Angel Stadium, hmm. the baseball sports team. Oh, okay. Of the area, they're Not and familiar with apparently that. they're a popular destination before and after the game. And we got there apparently right before the pregame crowd, or right as the pregame crowd showed up. And they had a milkshake IPA, which I'd never had before. I'd heard about it, didn't exactly understand what it was. It brought you to the yard, though. It did. I I uh, got out there and yeah, it brought me to the yard, <laughs> and then I brought all the boys to the yard. Exactly. But it was a really interesting flavor palette. I had never I'd heard of it, but that sounds again, nobody makes one locally. <laughs> 
Yeah, and normally, if you think of milkshake and alcohol, you think of like an alcoholic milkshake, not yeah. a milkshake IPA that would have a profile of a milkshake yeah. in an IPA form. It's interesting. It wasn't extremely bitter. It was actually fairly sweet, really malty, and uh, really thick, like a like a milkshake. No, oh, okay. Had about the consistency of like some dirty lake water, as far as appearance goes, like that stuff you used to stir as a kid. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it was good. It but was tastier good. than that, I would hope. If you, if you get out to Green Cheek, I highly recommend that Milkshake yeah. IPA. Today, we're drinking the Old Rackety from Gunwale. It is one of their Saisons. This is a smoky Saison. I know you're a big fan of smoke, so what do you think about their Saison? Uh, so far, I've liked it. Uh, it's, it's smoky, but it's not exceptionally smoky. It's just enough to add a little extra something to the regular Saison flavors. It's not like the stone-smoked uh, porter. Works. No, it's nothing, like, no or, it's nothing like that. Or that Jester King we had one time that they did the collaboration with that uh, barbecue joint, and it was like drinking meat. That was nasty. That was actually, nasty. But, yeah. yeah, no, this is actually pretty good. It's it's a normal Saison profile, I would say, with some smoky flavor on yeah. top of it. It's a They do a lot of cool stuff at that brewery. Well, And it tastes like real smoke. It doesn't taste like liquid smoke or something. Yeah. It actually tastes authentic. It tastes like, good. like actual wood chips that are burning in your face. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. and It's uh, like a little wood chip fire at the bottom of the glass. <laughs> As a present to you, I've got their West Coast IPA. Oh, thank uh, you. I forget the name of it now. And then we've got a coffee porter that I, I can stand off the tap. It was definitely a runner for uh, Founders uh, Breakfast Out. So. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Felt like drinking the Saison today, but uh, yeah, I highly recommend if you get a chance, go to uh, Gunwell Ales in Orange County, California, if you get a chance, and follow up with maybe go to Bottle Logic, maybe go to Green Cheek, make a few stops. <laughs> highly recommend it. Oh, Bottle Logic is elbow to ass cheek. It is, it is, the day we went on Saturday, it was packed, and they don't have a big space, so right. just be prepared for that. Green Cheek, uh, uh, they had don't go during a baseball, a foosball game time. Just yeah. don't go go outside that time. time. Yeah, because they were packed awesome. We stood in line for probably 30 minutes. But Was that during a baseball game? It was before a baseball game. They're, they're a oh, big okay. scene for the before and after baseball crowd. So Okay. I thought baseball season was over when you went, but okay. Apparently not. Okay. Maybe well, at least like it's playoff time or something. Maybe they were in the playoffs. I don't know. But apparently there was a game happening. I think so. the Dodgers are in the playoffs. But Sure. Anyway. All the old uh, Brooklyn Dodgers. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So anyways. Of Los Angeles. <laughs> Uh, here is uh, JT and Bobby from Gun Whale Ale. Not Justin Timberlake. No. So today we're joined by JT and Bobby from Gun Whale Ales. Uh, as I was saying before, I was not recording. Um, there's not be- there's very little branding that's better than the West Coast IPA, and you guys say you specialize in the coastal ale. So what exactly is a coastal ale? Yeah, that's uh, basically um, our way of kind of describing uh, the focus that we have, which is both on the hoppy side of things, um, as well as kind of a farmhouse uh, tradition uh, beers, and we're basically... um, You know, obviously we're in kind of an urban building in in an area that's that is, you know, in a coastal area. Yeah. Um, we grew up here. Uh, we feel like the what we're trying to do is authentic, uh, you know, basically expression of who we are and what we want to make. And so that's our way of describing something that is not 100% Belgian, even though that we try to do the traditional, you know, farmhouse brewing. Mm-hmm. But also it's not, um, I would say... Um, it's a hybrid, right? It's I mean, a hi- it's, yeah. It we, we, we make we make hybrid styles, but we're also yeah. um, 
we're not actually on a farmhouse. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It would be awesome. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this and, does and exist seen, right here. Totally. And we've seen like other, um, you know, other brands like say even Hill Farmstead who has chosen to call their beers Farmstead beers and has trademarked that sort of thing. So we are, you know, we are looking to kind of describe what we're doing in a different way, basically. Are you going to trademark Coastal Oils? <laughs> uh, if we can, you yeah. know, we're definitely, you know, that's, that was the point. We've been using it for a long time. Right. Um, you know, going through that process, it's own journey, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it, it, at a minimum, it's what, how we describe it, you know, because it, we feel like it fits and it tells the story that we're trying to tell. So how do you, what do you think defines California beer in general? I mean, it's obviously a gigantic state, but what do you think defines California beer? I, I think it's all over the place. Um, for me, um, West Coast, the Southern California beer, I feel, is more sessionable, more just easy drinking. Um, the weather's almost always beautiful. Right. So, it's just you're sitting outside. You want you want something that you can just drink all the time. Yeah, to me. But you know. yeah, I'd say the same. I mean, hops obviously yeah. takes a huge <laughs> role in it. You know, yeah. and um, whether that's unfortunate or <laughs> or you know to a, to a, the degree that you know it inhibits the production of other things that that people probably should be trying to explore as well. But but we've seen a lot of that. You know, we've seen. People explore differences in IPAs, and we've seen people, you know, explore a lot of sour stuff lately. And um, mm. I think it's kind of cutting edge. I yeah. mean, everyone they're trying to find the next thing and the next yeah. thing. So, I think you're finding in California, you're finding a lot of the new, the new thing that's going to. For the most part, it's it. a high quality beer, yeah. you know. Too, there's a lot of because there's so much competition, so much competition. Mm-hmm. that you know, um, there's still people making bad beer out there but um, for the most part like you have to kind of come strong with a gear game you know because yeah. you're not the only guy in town yeah. well that, that was one of my questions is like California is obviously a really mature beer scene and you know I, I'm from Texas and it's kind of in its infancy a toddler in a lot of ways um, we you know we're kind of late to the game craft beer wise um, I mean how hard is it to stand out you guys have, I know you got uh, you were telling me earlier uh, the OC Weekly said you're one of the top five breweries in the area um, I know you've won some other awards. How hard is it to stand out in such a mature beer scene? And what does it take to stand out? I mean, other than just good beer. The good beer, um, good branding, mm-hmm. be, being like cohesive. Yeah. Having everything kind of match up, not just hitting one one part of it, just yeah. having your whole, just the whole thing match. Yeah, you guys seem to do like more... Um, it seems like you're venturing more towards the farmhouse style. So I've seen a lot of breweries that are um, kind of pulling back from making a beer for everyone, like a beer style for every person. And they're kind of starting to concentrate more, maybe just on one style. Mm-hmm. Um, how important is that here in California? Um, I don't know that everyone's doing it yet. Yeah. I mean, we're very young, so we're, we're kind of like humbled by the response that we're, we're getting to what we're doing. Yeah. Um, we, you know, very much when we came into this thing, we thought, you know, we wouldn't be surprised if we had four saisons and four IPAs on the, on our board at any right. given time. So that was like our that was our mo in a way. Um, that's what we wanted to drink, the styles we yeah. liked most. Mm-hmm. We also thought that there was major demand for one and growing interest in another. Yeah, in a place that we could kind of capture attention around that. Um, but 
for us, we thought it would be much easier for people to turn around and relate, say, hey, you got to go over there and check out what Gunwell's doing because they do this. And, it, and if you, if like JT said, if you're, what you're doing is cohesive and it makes sense mm-hmm. and it feels right as an easy translatable thing, then people can spread the word of mouth to you. We, we're very small and don't have yeah. a budget to like sound the <laughs> horns. So we need people to say, hey, I went in there, over there and I liked it and yeah. you should go check it out too. I mean, it's not a small investment to start a brewery. I mean, it's. Uh, did you guys do private funding or did you take out loans? Uh, basically, private funding. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. Uh, we 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 scratched uh, grandma and grandma's <laughs> grandma and grandpa's uh, couch cushions. Yeah, a lot of credit card yeah. funding or. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we you know we don't we, we're, we don't have too much debt or anything like that. That's but good. We did we did go to like friends and family. Yeah. We capitalized very small uh, compared to other breweries. Yeah. A lot and, of sweat equity. Yeah. I think that's good though, because especially in the market we're seeing, where it seems like beer sales beer sales overall are kind of on the dec- decline a little bit. Yeah. Although craft beer is doing better than macro beer. Yeah, um, it's good when you're running kind of more of a slim operation. And yeah. I mean, you can see it here. And Bobby was telling me earlier, you guys pretty much built everything here. Your cells be there, you know, reclaimed products or whatever, yeah. which is awesome. And we've seen that in Dallas. Some of the newer guys and the ones that are doing really well are the ones that are running a very slim operation. De- uh, mostly debt free mm-hmm. um, because you never know what's around the corner um, exactly. sales wise and yeah. if you can manage to survive the slim time you can like hold out and do really well exactly. for yourselves yeah. you can have your tap room kind of just hold you off yeah then it's fine I mean yeah 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 I mean we you know some people or maybe your listeners are not super familiar but one of the things that we decided to do was uh to do some of our work production off-site. Mm-hmm. So we actually did not build a small brew house, which is really all the money we would have had, you know, or really all we could have afforded. You know, yeah. we knew we would outgrow that pretty quickly. So we fended it off and are trying to do, uh, we looked at the industry and tried to find, like, basically resources that were untapped, Yeah, uh, which one of them was capacity, mm-hmm. you know. And we're just trying to basically make... Uh, just a little bit less beer than the demand is always there for versus you know having pallets waiting outside right. going who's going to buy this yeah. you know what I mean Be- you know well, we had to brew 30 barrels because we bought a 30 barrel system and capitalized at that yeah. someone told us we need 3 million dollars to do this mm-hmm. and to be honest like you know the cool part is you don't you know what I mean it's it's a, it's a hustle though you got to sell your beer and you got to make a product in the end yeah yeah, I mean, the, our batch size, the IPAs are lasting roughly a week and a half, two weeks, it seems like. Mm-hmm. The Saison's three to four weeks between yeah. new batches, so it's just incredible how fast everything is going Yeah, and, and the how good, fresh everything is. Yeah, it's, that's the good awesome. news for the drinkers. You're always yeah. getting fresh beer, and people may not even realize how much that makes a difference. You know what I mean? Yeah. You go into a place, and that beer's been sitting on for two months or whatever. Yeah. Uh, well, even so, the bars are getting it. I mean, yeah. The bars are getting those kegs that we're just bringing out. Yeah, yeah, which is the best representation you can hope for. We're getting the most fresh day yeah. old IPA. And yeah. <laughs> and everybody's great. happy, you know, that yeah. way. So. Yeah. What's the, as far as the drinking community here, like uh, one thing we've noticed lately in our local community in Dallas is that people are getting really vile and very um, dismissive of, of brewing. And I'm not familiar with the California scene at all as far as a fan standpoint. So, as far as support goes, fan support goes, like we've seen a lot of like, to me, the most insulting comment is someone takes one step and says it's a drain pour, 
you know, it's incredibly dismissive of the people and the hard work that goes into that making that beer. And I think most breweries, the people working there are proud of what they're doing. They're doing the best job. Obviously, not every beer is going to be a home run, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's true of any, anything in art, from food to visual art or whatever. Not everything's going to be a home run, but how is the, the drinking community here um, in Orange County, California? Is it, it seems like it's been pretty supportive so far. Yeah. It's been, su- it's been supportive of us. I think, I mean, the thing is, we've, we've dumped batches. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, you we have agree. to be willing as a brewery to dump it if it's not, cert- if it's not good. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So... Um, you may go. You may feel like you know what. That's batch one, and I know some tweaks I want to put on it in the next batch. This is a good beer, but it's not world class yet. Yeah. So that's and you know we've had to do that, but um, but at the same time, like you can't again, you can't put out poor quality. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You got to be able to stand behind what you're serving. There are, you know, there's also in some cases ignorance on the customer's part to just be yeah. immediately dismissive, you know, and not and not to recognize the time it takes, you know. Yeah put in that it's but, really frustrating everyone has different palettes what they yeah, like sure. and yeah i mean if it's not for them it's not for them yeah you i know get, we have people you gotta yeah. let stuff roll off your back you know yeah. it, is, it is what you it gotta is. develop a thick skin i would imagine we have people come in and you know they come in and then they'll say you know one star i came in there all there was is an ip and stays on the board it's like well bro all you had to do was read the website first yeah. you, know? <laughs> you know so kind of what we do <laughs> yeah so um that's pretty much what we make. I'm sorry, yeah. you know, we didn't have everything you could possibly want. But. Yeah. It's, yeah, I just, I get really increasingly frustrated by those comments. Yeah. There's a, there's a Facebook group in Dallas um, that people tend to post that stuff. And it's just like, and I know because I've talked to the brewers in Dallas and they're reading that stuff mm-hmm. and the amount of frustration they have around that. It, it, like, you know, you're going to get criticism like any creative field. Yeah. But I just know how frustrated they get by those comments. It's like drain pour, drain pour, drain pour. It's like well, it's an it's an artistic endeavor in a way. It's yeah. culinary art, and yeah, sure. you know, in, in a way, and um, so people can take it personally. I, I for sure they can yeah. see that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I just but they I, might not always be wrong, you know. If if there's someone has an off flavor, you know, then or, it should be yeah, you know. Pour. Oh, sure, of course, of course. But to just instantly like yeah. we saw one one of the guys who we interviewed recently, Franconia. He's a traditional German brewery he's from mm-hmm. Germany, and. He mostly adheres to the purity laws, and somebody said about uh, somebody posted on there about their local. It was a, a growler place, and they're like, "Well, if they carry Franconia, they're a terrible growler shop." And I'm like, <laughs> "Really? Because like, yeah. they carry a beer, you're going to tell their shop is terrible? It's just, it's just, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's got to be hard, I guess. I mean, the criticisms we get for this show, like we pronounce something incorrectly or something, and it's like." Yeah. I don't know. The internet is a wretched hive of uh, scum and villainy in a lot of ways. Yeah, I think breweries can like um, give a little leeway to the customers and not take things personally. Yeah. Um, and the customers should do the same. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If it, you know if you're trying to support the local guy and you want there to be good beer, you got to support them and yeah. give them leeway. And and you know I think it's smart for a customer to always like you know we'd be happy to get a note from somebody in a much more private way and say, hey, man, I'd like to talk to you about that beer or, right. you know, I noticed this or that or, you know, this was different from this batch to that batch mm-hmm. and get it in a more private way and we could address it versus, like, you know, the people that are essentially trying to do harm in a public forum, you know, because they think that they are trying to prove something to other people, yeah. you know, how much I know about beer or whatever, you know. Yeah. What I mean? so. They're trying to make themselves feel better, I think, yeah. in a lot of ways. But I think breweries would be very open to the idea of receiving that, you know, you know, messages of, and, mm-hmm. and engage your customers in a real way, you know? Yeah. Uh, I guess the, you're always accessible is 
both good and bad yeah. in, unta- in situations like Untapped. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mentioning your origin story, so you guys uh, were missing one of your one of you guys, yeah, the three Justin. founders, yeah. Justin. You guys all have very diverse backgrounds. So, I'm interested in like what did you do before brewing, and how did you? Uh, well, I guess when did you when did you know it was the right time to make a brewery? I mean, you're all home brewers, also. Yeah. And how hard was it to make that leap? Um, I was in a couple different backgrounds, um, manufacturing background mm-hmm. for a while. Um, in this and building, then, actually, yeah, in the same building. Yeah. yeah, what were you making before here? Uh, rims. Okay. Wheels. Cars. Yeah. Um, did that for a while. Did uh, construction for quite a while after yeah. that. Um, contracting. Woodworking. Yeah, woodworking. All kinds of basically, all around the board, just working yeah. with my hands and doing that. Um, JT super technical, like uh, <laughs> with the ingenuity and. Uh, pretty much put anything together so you're the mr fix it of the operation (laughs) studying it um (laughs) mechanical engineering in college so this had that kind of background yeah Um, basically just just homebrewing and you know we always um wanted to do something ourselves Mm -hmm. um my dad had his own business um so i saw the benefits of having your own business not working for someone um just, Justin and JT were best buddies, you know, kind of growing up. Okay. Too, so. Known Justin since preschool. Wow. Much. So, um, yeah, they started homebrewing and just like learning about the industry too. Yeah. And the industry is amazing. How much collaboration goes on, how much they help each other. Um, just a fun industry to work in. Yeah. Um, every other industry I've been in, you hide everything, you don't work with anyone, <laughs> you keep your secrets and all that right. so um super refreshing and uh then it was like okay how can we make this happen yeah and uh did everything we possibly could to make it happen so bobby how did you meet these two yes yeah, so just so justin is a chef too uh, just make that point that's what he did before mm-hmm. um so he was doing stuff in the food and beverage world and and not only making food but doing beer dinners with uh, breweries, local breweries, and things like that, and so he was involved in that and home yeah. brewing. And they kind of him and uh, JT bought a, a pilot, basically what it's now our pilot system. Yeah. Um, kind of for the project. I happen to be uh, actually from San Diego, and uh, initially my wife and Justin's wife were were friends, teaching, the, uh, working together. So that's how we met, and we both were. I I kind of got along with him because we were both chasing saisons you know 10 years ago when like no one else was really thinking about how to find these you know obscure belgian saisons or whatever right so um and then i was homebrewing down there and then the three of us all just be kind of can be became buddies and and uh when they said they wanted they bought that pilot system wanted to do the brewery i was like count me in i, I want to do this and um i'm a, my background is in in art really um i'm a like a traditional fine artist. I studied sculpture and painting and went, um, you know, I I went to Europe in the nineties to kind of study art. And uh, even before I was 21, that that was like my big aha thing was to go into like this pub culture of Europe. And before I even like could order a beer in America (laughs) and I, it wasn't just like Budweiser. It was like, we have, you know, ESBs and we have Czech pills and we have Irish stouts and I was like man I can order whatever I want this is crazy I haven't even you know like beer was not this diverse back in the states in, in, yeah. the, in the 90s so um, 
so anyway, um, that kind of was a wild, wild time and kind of piqued my interest in it. And then I came back to San Diego and things started really happening there. Uh, yeah. And with the big, you know, stone and green flash and ballast point and all those breweries. So. so how do you compare the craft beer scene here in, in the United States now? So have you been to Europe recently and to compare the two again or? I was there a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, it's blowing up over there now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to travel a lot over there. Um, my dad had an antique business mm-hmm. and um, he had Italian, imported Italian antiques. So I spent a lot of time up over there growing up and stuff. And it was, I was really surprised this when I just went. Yeah. Uh, craft breweries popping up everywhere. Um, doing the same kind of stuff we're doing. This very small. Just, a lot of them very small. Artists yeah. Very small. Yeah. And just. But kind of taking them to the next level almost like they're all they're bottling they're mm-hmm. using like the best bottles they can get um, where a lot of places around here will go with the cheapest but you know just because like okay we got cut costs sure um, mm-hmm. it's cool though they're, it seems like we're finally up. pushing back like we're I mean we I've, obviously we learned a lot from Europe yeah and I think we're finally maybe some of our knowledge is coming back the other way which it is, is good to it's see. going back that way um, yeah they're trying to do the more hoppy beers they're not there yet yeah um, I tried quite a few, um, but it's 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 going to get there, and it's blowing up, and it's real. It was pretty exciting to see, like, oh my gosh, there's all these little craft breweries over there. Yeah, I imagine Stone Berlin's probably going to help things quite a bit over there. Yeah, sure. it's going to be disruptive for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I'm really you know uh, impressed with like, I mean, Bel- Belgium obviously it's its own place and has been obviously a big influence on some of the styles we're making. But also, like, what the Italian farmhouse scene is going, you know, the kind of beers that are being made there, um, really culinary-driven, is really exciting, mm-hmm. and um, definitely influences things in a way, you know. Uh, most people don't think of Italy as, like, a big beer country, you know, they really mm-hmm. think of it as really a wine zone. But um, there's places that are, you know, Copenhagen and other places have big beer scenes and um, are doing, have a lot of breweries doing some interesting stuff. Britain has a very cool scene happening yeah they're 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 having a tough time over there because uh so many macro beer chains own the pubs so right. it's hard for the little guys to get gotcha. in right yeah so, i mean they're making they're making progress but it's not mm-hmm. quite as free and open as it is here or some yeah. other countries in like copenhagen yeah mm-hmm. um so i'm curious like um is it <laughs> the three of you being co-founders you all have very distinct jobs within the brewery itself but who makes the you also have a head brewer yeah. Mm-hmm. So, who makes the the brewing recipe decisions, and like, how do you decide? Like, this is what we want to make, and then final decision. Like, is there all consensus about yes, this beer is good, this beer is bad, or is it somebody has the final executive decision? How does that work? I think we all we all decide what we want to make. Yeah. Um, That's like a direction. Have, of yeah, it. we have a beer meeting. Yeah. We all okay. The next beer. I mean, we have our regular beers, of course. And sure. Then we're like, okay, the next beer we want to make is going to be this. And then Kevin, um, head brewer, will come up with a recipe, and then we'll have another meeting, and he'll explain what, you know, what it's, what it'll be like. Right. And then we're like, yeah, that sounds great, or let's tweak this, or let's change this. Yeah. He'll do that, and then, um, and then he's after, pretty much after, hitting them on, on yeah. right away, so yeah. we'll brew it, and then after we brew it and try that, you know, we, we'll try we it. We kind of log, yeah, tweaks. we can basically taste and yeah. kind of log, you know. If there's anything we want to to make different on the another batch or whatever. Yeah. yeah, is it ever like a too many cooks in the kitchen situation? 
pretty even handed? I don't think so. Not really. We, you know, I think that was one of the things about our partnership was that, um, you know, Justin was really kind of coming from like food and service and Mm -hmm. things like that. And I'm coming from like more of an art, design, branding, packaging. I do like all the marketing sales stuff. And then JT is really on the technical side for production. So we don't, um, we all take part because we're so young and, you know, a little bit what everyone's doing. But for the most part, we have our areas and we're not overlapping that much. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Kevin is such a solid brewer. Um, yeah. You know, he, had, he came from the, you know, was at the brewery for the longest period of his career. So he, he's um, established and knows what he's doing and we can, you know, give a lot of trust in, in that. So mm-hmm. um, I think it allows us to each to kind of play in our own area and then, we triangulated it really around the things that the business needed to do, mm-hmm. how we would run it, and how we would grow it in the very beginning. You know, yeah. we had, if you had three head, three guys that all brew, then you'd be in a problem. <laughs> right, yeah. exactly. But um, I think even if it's not like a style that one of us loves, we respect what it's supposed to be like. Sure. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's, yep, that doesn't have any off flavors. That's That hits guidelines. Yeah. Let's go for it. Um, We're trying to tell a story, you know, yeah. and in the end like we, we really do think about like what the customer's experiencing and mm-hmm. you know um, a little earlier we tasted like you know and kind of a more herbal saison that's coming out you know that was a place we had, like thought we hadn't really uh, you know touched on too much yet it was to like play with herbs um, fresh a kind of a fresh herb beer so we want like a kind of a you know unraveling or like a, a reveal of over time of what we want the brand to say, you know, and what, what storylines we're trying to, you know, express to people. Because beer has been, like, so much surrounded by just the same, you know, generic styles. And um, we, we really want to, like, tell more about, like, seasonality mm-hmm. and different flavor profiles, you know. It might be herbal. It might be botanical. It might yeah. be roast. It might be smoke. It might be, you know, and we really want to kind of, like, express those and help educate our customers to what we're doing you know what i mean yeah so they can find out what they like you know um and hopefully they remember us in the process of like a a brewery that was trying to help teach them and help show them stuff and it seems like you like just judging by your you know the brewery itself and um looking around the stuff you've got here like you have a a good respect for history um for not just california history but history in general um but a lot of it is centered around local history I mean, you've got nautical stuff <laughs> all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how does that influence your beer? Even the beer names. Yeah. Yeah. So, Bobby basically comes up with all the beer names. Yeah. Um, and then we he, fight over it. <laughs> he, he researches a lot of stuff local, and if yeah. we can find something local that coordinate, correlates with it, yeah. we go for it. Like, Major Domo was an old house in Costa Mesa, mm-hmm. um, historical house. It was, it, was um, like, it was a local, like... Um, Basically, a ranch house for one of the herdsmen that kind of in the ranch community here. Yeah, uh, we had a beer on Shellmaker. It was an island in the Back Bay. Like we really try to, if there's a way to tie in anything local, we want to. Um, a, a lot of farmhouse brewing is about uh, the terroir, you know. Right. About expressing a sense of place. Yeah. So um, we're exploring and building up house cultures, and we've captured. Uh, native, you know, yeast. native yeast, Brett, you know, local Brett stuff off fruit skins, and um, there's stuff that takes time to develop, and we're getting mm-hmm. to that story. Um, a, there was a park by my house, and we got some native yeast from it, and it's it's developing real nicely. So hopefully we can get that going. Um, that herbal saison you tried earlier, 
um, we forged the fennel yeah. um, local. This basically was there's a little outdoor ranch kind of park um, and tons of wild fennel growing, so hmm. just forged it there. That's um, cool. We're gonna try to do a lot of that kind of stuff coming up. Um, yeah, a whole series of it, basically of all forage stuff, seaweed, yeah, just everything we can, you know, be <laughs> yeah. creative with. We did the oyster stout. That was kind of yeah. a coastal thing, you know. What's the craziest thing you've tried so far? What's that? What's the craziest thing you've tried so far? Maybe the craziest ingredient you've tried. Um, because oyster stouts aren't. I mean, they're they're, they're, they're common, but they're classic. You know, a lot of people don't. They're still not a common style, but I would it's, say yeah, it's more of an. It's, East been, Coast, I mean, it's been done East Coast common sure. style. Yeah. Yeah. But but fennel, I mean that's I mean in Faro, uh, you guys having mm-hmm. some of your beers yeah. now. So you done anything like absolutely crazy that? No, I don't I, think I, yet. We're not, it's no. not necessarily like we're trying to do stuff just to be extreme. It's it, it's just more about hey, this would be interesting. This yeah. is something that hasn't been explored at depth, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's something we've eaten or tried or we think that it works with the story. You know, uh, I don't think it, we're about the shock factor. Yeah, we're about not, yeah. we're about how can this work with this beer yeah and um and even and even when we put it in there it's subtle it's yeah. in the background it's sure. not in your face um it's more about balance it seems yeah. it's all balance we're really we really really try to make balance sessionable beers i yeah. mean it's not we don't want anything i mean we'll probably do a couple that'll be a little more intense but yeah. for the most part we want to use the herbs or spices to just complement and accent it not just blow it in your face. How much does Justin, being a former chef, how much is his uh, executive training and being a professional chef? How much does that play into that? Yeah, well, he knows how to. He knows flavor combinations. Yeah, and like, oh yeah, that'll pair well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Faro was something uh, in our old old racketty uh, saison was um, a product he had used previously in cooking. So that there, are, there definitely have been influences. He, you know, he that he. Has pulled, you know, mm-hmm. and we and we, and we major domo, major yeah, mo, major domo. We roast uh, lemon, lemon peels peel. for that beer. So there's definitely like the the processing of, in a lot of cases, the whatever that food product is, or whether it's yeah. an herb or yeah. Well, he did that technique. Uh, he did that technique in a salad dressing. So yeah, interesting. It like correlated. He's like, hey, this really works good in this. Let's try it in this, yeah. and mm-hmm. um, it worked. You know, so yeah, he definitely has doing that and then our, we, we want our head we beats. want like the influence of that and yeah. we hope to do more uh, definitely like start to show up on the scene as someone who's pushing like the food mm-hmm. along with beer because we're we're really into food and uh jt's like a front yard gardener or front yard farmer or whatever you know yeah. growing all his own stuff and yeah. we, we want it to be you know something that's a part of our brand yeah. uh i'm a cicerone as well and so it's like just as far as the service and the pairing of, of things and expressing uh, combinations that, it, that it go beyond like to beer itself to, to new flavors and stuff is definitely cool yeah I would say herbal is definitely a big component That's, it made me think about um, him being an executive pizza chef when he was at yeah. Pizza Ortica I guess it was Ortica Ortica, yeah. uh, Ortica yeah. however you say it yeah sorry not familiar with the, uh, with the place but uh, kind of reminded me of that I was like oh, I wonder how much because it kind of reminds me of like a really really good fresh pizza crust you know a lot of yeah. these like um, I think I'm drinking Rodeo Flip right now, kind of yeah. what it reminds me of. It's like a really light herbal dough, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was managing at the restaurant. He had like a 200-year-old Biga yeast yeah. uh, starter, you know, that was, um, you know, so he, he had a background in kind of like really managing a yeast that was important for yeah. uh, flavor and, um, you know, 
crust is definitely like a, a very much a malt God. characteristic and yeah. you know what I mean mm-hmm. such a huge part of pizza that people yeah. overlooked yeah oh there's nothing I mean you're absolutely right because when a lot of people just discard their crust but like you oh, get a man. really good crust <laughs> it, that's all it is yeah, yeah. it's just awesome you just that nice chewy yeah just sour a little yep. bit oh, yep. I mean that makes it yeah yeah. So going back to Kevin, um, I know you guys had another head brewer before. So how did you know that uh, what's different about Kevin from your previous head brewer? And how did you know that Kevin, how did you find Kevin? How did you know he was the right guy for your operation? Well, actually, we, um, Kevin was uh, good buddies with Derek, who, was our, who opened the place with us. And Derek was okay. here throughout even a lot of the construction. construction. Stuff, so. mm-hmm. He was helping me with construction the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Derek put his time in throughout yeah. the whole process. Yeah. So and Derek, Derek gave us a great start with uh, with our business and everything, and um, I think he's got aspirations to move on and do a project of his own. Mm-hmm. And I'll let him reveal Back that on, on, yeah, <laughs> on his own time. Um, but but basically, um, him and Derek were in contact, and when you know, basically, we were looking for someone to kind of step in. He, he actually they talked to each other, and mm-hmm. um, Derek recommended him, and you know, vouched for him, and. Um, we, then, we, we already were familiar with who Kevin was and, yeah. and what he was doing. We knew he was solid up and down. So, Did you consider anybody else? I mean, um, yeah, we, we, interviewed, yeah, we interviewed, we interviewed people. people but, but, do, yeah. do they have to like bring you samples of, like, here's a beer I made? Do you, you know? Sometimes they do. Like an American but, Idol, but for beers? <laughs> you can... Yeah, we were, looking, you know, we were looking for someone who, uh, you know, ha- we thought had similar palate, um, who, who was interested in the same styles and the focus of styles that we were doing. Right. Who wanted to make these kind of crispy, you know, and billowy, um, you know, kind of sessionable beers that were that were rustic or you know had good hop character? And, yeah, and it's not. I mean, it's not just about the beer. It is, but we were. I mean, I work with them side by side every day. Mm-hmm. It has to be someone that you can work with. It becomes family almost. You yeah. know, like and that's how Derek was too. Like becomes family it's yeah. someone that you enjoy hanging out with that you want to go on a trip with mm-hmm. you want to see outside of work too not just like oh my god i have to hang out with this guy <laughs> so that was a big yeah. part in it yeah just being like the personality yeah, and the, the personality and everything the, the mm-hmm. business, yeah. um, i don't want to go to work and not and be like oh man why am i here so kevin this fit the mold perfectly yeah. on um yeah. to take over with what derek uh some, yeah, some brewers want to you know put their headphones on and just listen to some death metal yeah. and, and kind of <laughs> shield everyone out yeah. and, and God bless them. That's I I totally get that. You know? That's fine. Yeah. And, and uh, but when you're doing like such a small operation like this, and we mm-hmm. really are, it's our families are invested. You know, yeah. invested in us, and our families come here, our little kids come here. It's mm-hmm. like it's very much like a small family business. Yeah. And so we wanted someone that could kind of come in and at least understand the size, and I think. In a lot of ways, Kevin has been in some great places before. Um, he's, you know, good history as a brewer and, and a, kind of a leader in, in our in our area region. But um, he was looking for a return, I think, to kind of more more smaller, uh, hands-on, you know, kind of approach to brewing. He was he's been like almost director of production for these big breweries. Mm-hmm. And he was, pro- you know, wasn't even really on the brew deck that much, probably. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's more of like man- you know, managing Excel sheets and clipboards. And so, he, I let him speak for himself. But I think that he definitely is maybe enjoying the kind of like return, return to the artisan touch kind of yeah. thing. So, it's got to be nice. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially I'm sure the brewery had like a giant operation at this yeah, point. Huge. Yeah, twenty four so, hours a day, and five was, days a week. Yeah. And he was there from the very beginning. You know, not from the very beginning. Maybe, maybe he. I mean, he was basically early in the beginning. On. He was managing a uh, homebrew store mm-hmm. that they had, right? Um, and doing you know other work too. Yeah, and yeah, he was there for. He saw he saw the whole growth there, and then yeah. you know obviously now. Um, they're at a whole different place, like you know, taking in big private equity money, yeah. whatever. And so, so you know, he he, I think he liked the size of the production, the size yeah. of a little more intimate like, for he, sure. He'd come in here and drink beer, so we we knew he kind of liked what we were doing. Yeah, you know? so that was cool. Um, so you guys are what just seven days a week, twelve hours a day, maybe? What's that? <laughs> are you guys you here? You here at your facility? Are you just seven days a week? Yeah, uh, twelve hours a day. We, our tap rooms close on Mondays, but okay, still here. Like, so only six days a week. Then. Pretty much, there's always yeah. someone here. Yeah, one of, one of us is always here, yeah. basically. Right. So, Bob, you you work? Uh, you have a day job. Yeah. Um, I mean, how much? I'm guessing you spend eight hours Monday through Friday at your day job, and then yeah. you spend <laughs> the rest of your time here. Uh, yeah, man, it's a, it's a little bit busy for sure. You know. Um, very happy to be a part of it, and just yeah. like very passionate about what we're doing. So, kind of make it work. It's a lot. Of, it's a lot of balancing act. Yeah, I was gonna say like it, it's got to be hard on the, the. I don't know if you have kids or not, but uh, the yeah, family yeah. life has got to be tough. I, I mean, got, yeah, it's this. I mean, it's tough on all three of our families. Yeah. We have you know because we're working at least six days a week each, yeah. you know, for lots of hours, and um, we're trying to grow this thing and trying to you know make a difference and say something about what we're doing so you yeah it's definitely a sacrifice and our families are making it and right now and we're you know we're hoping that it obviously pays off you know at least you enjoy your at least you enjoy your second job i guess yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard not to enjoy a drinking beer making beer yeah yeah, yeah. your kids I, i'm guessing are still small enough you could like shove them in the tanks and I'm wipe them down uh, yeah, yeah. We we were, I look forward to the day when all three of our kids are old enough to start pushing a broom or cleaning kicks or something that we can put them to work for. Yeah. But they're right now they're more of a a nuisance of yeah. you, know, rem- you know don't take that clamp off. Yeah. <laughs> or don't quit, put that nail back in the yeah. barrel. You know. So how how competitive? Um, this is my first time to the Newport area and first time in Orange County. How competitive? Is it here? Because I know you guys have Barley Forge right across the yeah. street, and I saw that there are two more breweries coming, Salty Bear and one other. Uh, I mean, how competitive is the scene here? And how collegiate... Because like, I, I don't want to like bring up any bad feelings or whatever, but I did see like the LA Times reporting on some like contentious feelings from Barley Forge about you guys didn't have quite the restrictions that they did, maybe, because you had a patio and they didn't have a patio. And, um, how, how fraternal or collegiate, or maybe even not, is the atmosphere around here? Um. I think there's it. Costa Mesa is wide open. Yeah. Um, Costa Mesa and Newport. Um, there's plenty of room for a lot more breweries. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's two more moving in on this street, mm-hmm. and a third one moving in half less than yeah, half a mile, a mile away, maybe. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Probably. Um, they're all coming, and yeah. it's great. We're uh, we're trying to help all the new ones coming in. Yeah. Um, we also have a homebrew store that's yeah you know, two, like doors two doors so down. So you guys are just coming kind of like a little beer zone then, exactly. A little beer mecca. It's a, it'll it's be great. Like a, I mean, it's a that's good. In People, a way. Yeah. So we're we're pretty happy about it. Um, we we, we looked at this build, like we mentioned. JT was in this building working, and we yeah. we started talking to the city about this space before Barley Forge ever opened. So right. Um, we we are you know a lot, a lot of us feel like Justin's restaurant was 
a mile over. So yeah. basically, this this area was something we've been thinking yeah. about a long time, mm-hmm. and um, you know, we just came here because we thought this is the right fit for us and our brand and what we were trying to do. And um, to be honest, like we're not really interested in uh, any negativity around our business. Because yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Just, I mean, no, no. We're just we're just we're, we're like you know we're just passionate people trying to make good beer. Right. And I we can't really you know spend a lot of time letting that other stuff get in the way. Yeah. So, uh, unfortunately, like, you know, like if there's going to be more and more competition in the industry and people are, you know, we just always hope that it's friendly competition. That's mm-hmm. what the industry kind of always, um, valued, you know, and it's why it sets it apart. It's why I think customers like it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, without a doubt, our customers go back and forth across the street all the know? time. Sure. And it pushes um, you to make better beer. I'm yeah. looking in the window right here and I see <coughs> one of their employees drinking beer at our bar. Yeah. So, so it's like, that, and that's just how it is. Um, it's great. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, we, we didn't, we never saw that there'd be anything. Our guys go over there and drink. I mean, that's yeah. Just, that's what it is. You want it. You always want to have different beer to, yeah. We're excited to have two more. Yeah. So we even have more beer to yeah. walk and drink. Yeah, I think it's cool. You have a little zone, a craft beer oh, zone, awesome. which is cool. We can't wait. Get a couple of restaurants, a couple, I don't know what kind of restaurants you have around here, but get a few more and yeah. you have like a yeah. nice little entertainment zone. Absolutely. And to yeah. be honest, like the, the Orange County has been underserved and a little underdeveloped as well. It may yeah. seem different compared to Texas, but as far as like our neighboring places, like LA is one of the largest markets, drinking markets there is. Mm-hmm. San Diego is one of, you know, the most developed markets around with 140 plus breweries. Like there's a lot more that can be done, and there's we could there's a lot of opportunities to with um, you know for instance Salty Bear that's going in here. Joe's been a friend of ours; he's been coming into our tap room for a while. We've helped him, you know, in whatever way we can to try to get open, and um, you know share with him information that we thought was relevant to try to you know process his permitting and whatever. Yeah. And um, we're we're all for like co-educating the market and. Yeah bringing more awareness around it because there's still like a lot of people that are not you know it's still like a 12 percent or something like that of the mm-hmm. of, of market share you know mm-hmm. uh, to compared to uh, overall macro beer so there's a lot of room still yeah, <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and it'll tap out somewhere but um it's really like we're not the really the person that we're all up against is the unsavory tactics of the big guys so right. it's it's really kind of silly to see anything on a small level, you know? Yeah. So you guys have been open for just over nine months. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. So we get to that. I mean, just going bigger, like, uh, where do you want gun whale to go? How, like, how big do you want to go? And I mean, whatever the demand is. Yeah. Um, we're not going to try to outgrow the demand and yeah. just push beer on people. Um, there's demand. We'll supply it. Right. We'll keep on going. But you know, a family business that we can keep for as long as possible. And, you know, hopefully just be able to keep producing, pass it on. Um, we don't, we don't ever want to get so big that we can't really control the quality of the inventory that's out there. Right. You know, we much prefer, like we mentioned to sell five day old beer rather than push beer out there and not even know where it is and how long it's been sitting on shelves. It's yeah. Just I mean, eventually we'll have to, we're working on expansion. We'll have to brew bigger batches and yeah. it'll yeah. be a little bit older, but, yeah. um, we still want as much control as possible. So, Bobby, how do you know when the right time is to leave? How, how do you know when the right time is to leave your current job? I mean, you're working on video games well, now, and yeah, I mean, honestly, um, I'm just kind of, you know, focusing on what I can do. I'm, I'm lucky that I can 
do a lot of the stuff I'm you know helping out with a brewery for. Yeah, I can do it from whenever on my own time. Right. You know? So I have to balance that. We're a very young business, and we'll basically you know stay that way. <laughs> yeah. You know until um, until really we grow and we can you know we're growing and we're the demand is is there for us to yeah. to to go bigger now. So. so at some point you'll be able to put that behind and well, just but, go forward. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll have to see. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, anyways. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, any big plans for the uh, one-year anniversary? Um, well, we have some... Uh, we have a bottle release. We're probably going to Yeah, specialty bottle of um, <clears throat> basically like a mixed firm saison with fruit. With and, nectarines. Mm-hmm, and peaches. And, yeah. Um, we'll probably have some other fun beers before then, you know, for the party that made yeah. it new. Yeah. We're working, trying to get with the city to work, uh, <clears throat> to try to do a, maybe a little bit bigger party, parking yeah. lot, whatnot, but um, we'll see. We'll see if that <laughs> that happens or not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'd be great, though. I'd love to have a big party, bands yeah. and the whole thing, but mm. sometimes the city just doesn't let you do mm. certain things. It's a better. But, um, yeah, we're going to try to have a lot of different beers on for that. Yeah. Um, we'll have one more can release before that, and then... Um, um, yeah, probably two bottle-aged saisons, one with nectarines, one with peaches. Cool. That <coughs> we've been holding the beer since I think December, roughly. Yeah. So um, they've been on the fruit for a little while now. Yeah. So yeah, um, coming up in a couple of weeks, we're gonna start bottling them, and um, they should be conditioned they'll by be, yeah, anniversary. We go bottle conditioning for a while. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get to the light round. I'll let you guys get back to. Your normal day. Uh, so, what was your first beer? My first beer ever. Your first beer that you can recall, yeah. Or the beer that changed my. Well, that's different. I guess that would be okay. different. But just like your very first beer, what was your very first beer? Gosh, man. I, I mean, you had a nice experience in the nineties in Europe. Moosehead, and it's probably something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it was which, probably which some beer. Did you snake? Shit, from yeah, someone? some shitty, uh, tasteless lager yeah. that he had in the fridge, bought at Costco. Does your dad like your beer? My dad, yeah, and my dad definitely likes our beer. Now. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think he still keeps a twelve or a moosehead in there. But, <laughs> <laughs> but once we, you know, make a lager, then maybe he'll, uh, yeah, maybe he'll stop. <laughs> JT, do you have remember your first beer? Um, pretty sure Coors Banquet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. So, what was your first craft beer? Or the the beer that you know Sick opened your uh, pale eyes? Yeah, yeah. It was kind of like my introduction on that. Seems appropriate. Yeah, there was some, there was some like uh, crafty like things when, when I was younger, and you know I was up to like exploring strange brands, whether it was like Red Dog or Pete's Wicked or whatever it was at the time. But like for surely, if we were able to grab a keg, I won't even say how old we were, but if we were able to grab <laughs> a keg of you know a Sierra, that was like a big deal in California to, to like. Yeah. Get a big beer instead of like a crummy Coors Light keg or whatever. Right. So that was like a cool deal to get a Sierra keg. <laughs> My brother went to Chico State. So okay. I think that's where the Sierra Nevada came in for yeah. me. It was before they were, you know, super popular. Yeah, sure. Yeah, brought some down. But. Before they were on Friends and <laughs> right. yeah. really making their brand known in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, so what's your perfect beer? What do you think your perfect beer would be? Jeez. Um. <laughs> Like a specific brand or no, no, just I mean, yeah. as far as palate goes, like what's what's your perfect beer? Mouthfeel would probably be saison dupont. <laughs> Mouthfeel and just 
a great standard saison that yeah. that hits a lot of good aspects. Yeah, I think uh, something like that for sure. You know, definitely like look up to places like uh, Allagash and Hill Farmstead. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I'm so open to so many different styles, but like I probably would enjoy most a saison that that is like well hopped. Um, you know that's that tastes fresh and it has like great busy you know lively mouthfeel for sure right which is kind of what you're I guess you're going yeah. for here is try, try exact representation yeah. so do you have a beer that maybe you have in mind that you really want to make but you can't you haven't been able to figure out to make that pilot work yet that you're still working on or not really yeah honestly I, I'm excited for when we get like this house culture uh, really dialed in yeah, and we can start making more mixed firm saisons I'm really that's like where I really want to go with them um, and get to like where they're conditioned correctly and really yeah. dialed um, I think that's, that's a, yeah I mean when you're kegging and you're force carving you can't really get that mouthfeel that you really really want right. so <clears throat> when we're doing more bottling and more bottle conditioning we can get that super high carb yeah. level um, it's kind of what I'm excited for mm-hmm. so outside of your own brewery what's your favorite brewery and why mm. <laughs> uh, I mentioned some that I liked you know around uh, around the country um, there's a lot that I'm impressed by I think like um, I'm a big fan of what society does in San, San Diego okay from everything from their hoppy beers to their um, some of their wild stuff is pretty cool too. Um, I mean, there's a lot of guys making good beer around here. You know, Beachwood makes good beer. Mm-hmm. Nobles uh, making Noble, good hoppy beer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I drink a lot of different beer. It's yeah. really yeah, hard to yeah. choose one. Um, Allagash is doing some awesome stuff. Yeah. Um, Allagash is, all, is really awesome. I really enjoyed their, that table beer they had a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they just do fantastic stuff with cool ship and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard to pick one. Yeah, fair yeah. enough. Just because it's lo- between local beer and then stuff in Texas I like how that I, we don't get. Yeah. <laughs> Jester King's, Jester King's very cool. Yeah, yeah. We um, love like, Jester King. Yeah, I'm sure. It's hard to... It's hard to get certain ones, so yeah. if I could get my hands on all I could, maybe of that, that might yeah. be a little... It's hard for us in Dallas to get Jester King. Is it? <laughs> yeah, we get the... We have maybe five or six of their standard releases we get, yeah. but we don't get anything special. I mean, they all their special stuff is sold on their their uh, farm, Yeah, and you got to go out there and, you know, go yeah, whaling. We just went out there a month and a half ago, probably, and yeah, he just... it's. I can't wait to get out there and try yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, he brought some back for them. Yeah, they're doing amazing stuff. Yeah. Uh, I like uh, I, like Highland Park is also a brewery around here that says really cool beer. I, you know, definitely mm-hmm. watch what they're doing. Um, a friend of mine, Matt, over at Homage, is doing some really cool stuff in Pomona. Um, yeah, those are some. Well, definitely check it out around here if you're looking. <laughs> Skirting the question, but yeah, it's hard, it's, <laughs> hard hard to, uh, it's hard to pick one. All right, well, last question. Is brewing more art or more science? Ooh, it's more cleaning. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> all it is for me. Sanitation. <laughs> it's all cleaning. That's why you have kids, right? Make them clean eventually. <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of both. You, you know, you can't, 
yeah, I mean, it's it's really it's a, honestly a, it's a mix of art and science, and um, there's reasons why you might want to pull one lever over another. Uh, in the end, you're just trying to get the final product like a harmonious balance between all the different elements. You know, I think it's I, probably a little more science just because art plays with it, but it still has to be so correlated. It can't be like cooking where you can just like, oh, let's put that in. Yeah. At the end, oh, let's put that in. Mm-hmm. Everything has to be put in at the right point. Right. You can't go back and try to like fix it yeah. after it's done. So to me, that makes it a little bit more science, I would say. And, and I think it de- definitely depends on how much of a classical style you're brewing. You know, I mean, if you're trying to do uh, check pills, there you you're not going to make a good one if you don't use the right water profile yeah. right. and, you know, maybe the right spicy and noble yeah. hops and, you know, all these things. So um, if you want to make uh, hoppy pills or some kind of a California hybrid or of uh, that, that type of style you like, mm-hmm. then I think you have a little more room to play, like what kind of hops might be in it or what kind of... And that's when the art comes in is like, you know, let's show something different versus like, let's just make the straight down the pipe... Um, classical style yeah. so all right well jt and bobby congratulations on all Thank your you. success uh wish nothing but the best for you going forward and uh keep making awesome beer please well thanks for listening to episode 118 of brutal that's really appreciate it hope you enjoy the uh, good talk with uh, jt and bobby from gunwell ales i uh, want to really give a big thanks to those guys uh they were Really, really nice when we got there. They spent a lot of time with uh, me and my brother-in-law, Jimmy, uh, just kind of going through their beers, um, explaining what they're all about. They gave us a lot of free beer, which was nice. Always a bonus. That's good. Uh, really, really nice guys. And that puts really, you in a better mood, too, so it Yeah, helps. of course, yeah. Super laid back. <laughs> they, now, I didn't mention this in the opening, but they have a super cool tap room to go in there. Uh, they got a lot of uh, handmade. They did a lot of reclaimed uh, furniture and stuff like that. Um that was my dog leaping on the couch. Uh, <laughs> but uh, they did a lot of... Re- they tried to use as much reclaimed material as they could. Uh, no, that's good. really cool. They have a really cool... It's not a giant tap room, but uh, they got an, an open-air portion, which is cool. They've got some seats out front, outside, and they've got uh, they got their barrel room, which is cool, which is where we were. Yeah. And then they've got their main tap room, which uh, was cool. It's They just they built a lot of... Most of it themselves. I, I forget which they didn't build, but most of it they did build themselves, which is awesome. He's a lot of re- reclaim materials, so uh, really a bunch of nice guys. That sounds um, nice. Yeah, their bartenders were super nice. Uh, just a nice bunch all around. I highly recommend them. should have scoped the whole thing. Uh, I should have, but I didn't want to bore but it's up <laughs> with me just drinking beer. <laughs> so hey, They might come to our account just for that. Yeah, you never know. Uh, all right, uh, leave us a review on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it, or I guess as it's called now, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it would help us... Uh, helps New listeners find us, and we'd really appreciate that. Can you get to Apple Podcasts through iTunes? You can. Yeah, okay. go to iTunes and then go to Apple Podcasts. All right. Uh, check us out on social networks, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you have any feedback on the show, you can always email us at brewbloodsshow at gmail.com. That's brewbloodsshow at gmail.com. Or you can call us at 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2337. Sorry, I failed. Uh, Try to get some interviews in las vegas for uh, breweries as mark knows that's a little bit difficult so. that is a tough interview scene <laughs> yeah that, that's twice that's two years in a row we tried now yeah well it was two out of three years yeah two out, whatever so yeah i guess next time i'm just going to show up with a microphone and say hey guys <laughs> hey i'm here up? to talk to you i'm press <laughs> right exactly. yeah we, we've emailed many breweries in vegas yeah. and nobody's responded it's, yes it's so strange i don't know why but it's so strange 
I guess they have all the uh, local drunks there that I guess. take advantage, so they don't need us promoting them from Dallas. <laughs> all right, we'll catch you guys next uh, time for episode one one nine of Brew Bloods. For Dustin, I'm Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin Probst. Probst.